You're listening to Along the Narrow Way, a podcast that walks you through books of the Bible verse by verse to help you dig into God's Word so you can walk along the narrow way with Christ more faithfully. Hosted by Pastor Will Russell and co-hosted by Jimmy Miller. Join them as they help us understand the Bible so we can walk more faithfully as disciples of Jesus. I believe last week we got down and finished up through verse 13. Yes. So let's pick up with verse 14 and let me just read that next little section. Um, and uh, we'll discuss a little bit. We'll, just, we'll try to finish this chapter out if we can. Uh, this is the Gospel of John, chapter 1, beginning of verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John, now once again, in the Gospel of John, when it uses the name, that's John the Baptist. Yes. Okay, so John, that's John the Baptist, bore witness of him, that is the Word who became flesh. John bore witness of him and cried out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace for the law was given through Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father has declared him. So let's stop right there. That next section picks up kind of with a different thought there. So it starts out, Jimmy, we get kind of a, a review of what's already been stated a little bit. He says, the word became flesh and, and dwelt among us. So uh, tell, our, tell our folks out there what, that phrase, the word and became flesh, the, the reference there. It means God came down and took on human flesh. And he is the living word. Absolutely. There's no better example of God's Word than Jesus Christ. That's right. That's what the Word became flesh is to me. That's right. Well, that's, yeah, that's it right that's there. That's it. That's and, it. And, of course and He it, dwelt among us. That's the, that's the blessing is that to this day, the Word dwells among us and now in the form of the Holy Spirit. That's right. You know, and that's who puts the Word into you now and everything like that. And all that right there, just that one little statement, that's what all that means. That's right. In my head. No, that's in, that in is my heart. Heart. That's that is that is the whole point there. You hit you hit the nail on the head with that. But it's and it's referring back. John is just really here in his first chapter. At this point, hammering home the theology of the deity of Christ mm, yeah. that He is God. He is the eternal God. The eternal Word who took on human form. He dwelt here among humanity for the purpose of fulfilling the redemptive plan. Um, uh, and of course it says, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Okay. That's the glory of God. You know, it wasn't... Uh, Is that that Shekinah glory that it, they well, talk about? You, you, think, you think about that Shekinah glory, uh, you see it in the wilderness. Yes. You, you see it at different times. Uh, uh, in in the Old Testament, you see it referenced, and you see you see that Shekinah glory, and you think that glory bottled up in this human form, <laughs> you know. Um, the glory of God, up to this point, has always when you read the scriptures, before you get to the life of Christ, the glory of God is always centered on special appearances, like leading the children of Israel through the wilderness. Um, you have the glory of, of God and Moses' interaction and Moses' face shines. You, yeah. have, you have the glory of God being present there over the, the uh, uh, Ark of the Covenant in the tabernacle, then in the temple. Uh -huh. You have these special elements of God's glory. You know? but, but now you have God himself in human form. You have the glory of God here. You yeah. know? you're, you're beholding his glory when you beheld Jesus. And so when we study Jesus, we study the life of Jesus, we're seeing this, this glory of God. We're getting glimpses of it there anyway. Um, the glory that had always been reserved for these special appearances and to reside in the temple over the mercy seat and all that, well now that glory is residing with humanity, in humanity, yeah. you know. Um, so 
it's, it's really neat. He's the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It says John bore witness of him. Yeah. Um, once again, that's John the Baptist. Um, John bore witness of him, and he cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And that, that could sound kind of like he's speaking in riddles a little bit. Yeah. He came after me. He's preferred before me because he was before me. And so you start piecing that together. Jesus did come after John in that in his human form. He was born after John. That's right. Yet Jesus was before John. Well, it's, it's kind of like a picture of a king's triumphal entry. Everybody comes in before the king, makes preparations for the king, and then the king comes in. Now, the king was already in leadership position. He was already a leader before. Right. And just everything's prepared now, and there's people preparing and getting ready for it. And here he comes. Sure. That's, that's how I look at it. Sure. So, <laughs> Jesus Jesus was around before John. Yeah. Just not in his human form. Yeah. He, he, he was eternal king before John was ever... Uh, on the on the scene, but John comes on the scene, and then God also comes in human form. Yeah, and John prepares the way, and, and, and so that's what John's referencing here. And, you know, John was a very great prophet. Yeah, but he says here Jesus is preferred. He's to be preferred. Mm. You you can't you can't put the spotlight on the prophet and miss the one he's prophesying about. Right. You know. Um, and uh, that has happened, I think, from time to time, even in our age, where people get hung up on a pastor, a preacher, an evangelist, a teacher. Oh, yeah. And you can, hey, I have my favorites. Hey, I hey, have my favorites. Hey. But you can't let your focus be on the prophet and miss who he's prophesying about. You know, and I think that's what John's saying here is, look, oh, wait, it's not me. I'm not the one you should be looking at. I'm not the one to be preferred, the yeah. one that's coming after me. He's the one that first. You know, in my long time, I've sit there and thought, you know, when I get to heaven, it's going to be nice to meet, you know, my old buddy Adrian Roger. I'll get yeah, to see him and yeah. all this. And then I get back to sitting there and I'm like, look, I'm sitting here. It's good that I'll get to meet. I'm going to get reunited with all these family. Right. That's wonderful. But I need to, when I sit back, I'm like, look, I, I, it hit me when I, I need to be more excited about that. I'm going to get to see Jesus face right. to face. Right. That's the first thing I need to be seeking out when I get mm -hmm. seeking Jesus face. Not only in my life now, but prepare me to do it when I get to heaven to con just look for Jesus first and let him bring right. it all together Absolutely. for you. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't discredit Jesus. Don't, you know, don't just think, you know, I want to go to heaven just because I want to see my family member. You want to go to no. heaven because you want to see Jesus. That's the yeah. thing, you know, the, the truth is we do want to see our loved ones. I mean, we do. You be yeah. honest about it. Yes. But the culmination, the the ultimate, the what your heart will long for the most, and you'll experience it when you get there for sure, you'll you'll understand it, is Jesus. I think a lot of our loved ones, now this is just me, I think a lot of our loved ones when we get there will throw their arms around, they'll be like, oh, no, no, come, 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 see, come, come see. see Jesus first. Kind of you like, know they will. You, you know, know they kind will. Kind of like Simon Peter, we found the Christ. Come here, come here first. Yes. Forget about, we'll catch up in a minute. Come on over here. That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, so we read here that John is testifying here of, of Jesus, and we there's a statement made here about that uh, he that it's in Jesus, this Word who became flesh. It's in Him, uh, or in 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 Him is is He's full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. That is, He's the full expression of God's grace and truth. If you want to see the full expression of the love of God, the truth of God, the grace of God. It's in Jesus. Yeah, That's where you yeah. see that full expression. The full revelation of God's saving truth is revealed in Christ. Um, and honestly, Jimmy, I think I think without Christ, it is impossible to know the truth of God or about God. Amen. Yeah. Um, I don't think you have, there are people who say they believe in God or a form of God or this or that, and they seek to understand God, but they don't acknowledge Christ. Well, if God is the, or excuse me, if Christ is the full expression of God and yeah. his truth, yes. you will never know what you need to know about God if you don't know Christ. He is that full expression. Yes. I mean, a lot of people I've met like that, they'll, 
They, yeah, they'll, 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 they'll acknowledge there's a God, but they'll think that all these different religions are supposed to add up into one thing. And mm -hmm. You can take a little bit of the Bible and you prep all these good principles that you can like. You can learn good principles from me. Well, sure you can. I mean, you can. Yeah. And just put it all in there and they make that their religion. This is what I'm going to live by. All these many different right. principles instead of just the one principle, what God says to do. Follow Jesus. That's right. And that's it. That's all right. you got to do. I mean, there's a lot that goes with that, but I mean, you know, and walking with Jesus, you got to be obedient and, mm -hmm. you know, be in his word, <laughs> study his word and, and willingly go out and surrender your life, you know, and, and go that's out right. and, and, and make disciples. But that's it. Well, you know, um, we, we know based on our study of scripture that sin separates us from God. The punishment of sin is eternal separation. It, the punishment of sin ultimately is, is going to hell, really. Yeah. But ultimately, if you if you just want to get just very kind of militant about it, we could say the sin that, that, that causes people to go to hell is the sin of not believing in Jesus. That's ultimately, it. that's it. You don't believe in <coughs> Jesus. That's right. That's the sin that will ultimately... They'll be like, well, I believe that he exists. I, I said, no, you don't believe in what he's done for you. Mm -hmm. Is what I'm telling you. It's like it's great that you acknowledge him, but you mm -hmm. don't believe what he's doing. <coughs> that's right. That's that's the key. That's <laughs> right. Well, <coughs> excuse me. There's a statement in here. <coughs> I'm curious. You you have ESV, don't you? Yes, sir. Okay, you've got the ESV. Let me find it here. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I'm getting choked up, y'all. <coughs> It's not COVID, I promise you. <laughs> I'm getting hot and get a little choked up. <clears throat> Verse 16, Jimmy. My version says, And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. How is yours worded right now? Mine says, And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. That's the better translation. That's the better translation, grace upon <laughs> grace. What's being referred to here is that in Christ we receive salvation, we experience sanctification with unlimited grace continually being poured out upon Amen. us. That's what Jesus brings. The fountain that never goes dry. That's it. Flowing. That's when he says, I'm, I'm a river that never got I'm a flowing river. It never goes dry. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, you know. Right. That's and, right. And, and, uh, well, that's right. His <laughs> grace never runs out for you. It never gets mm -hmm. taken away. It never goes dry. You, you, you know, you can't earn it. You can't make it come to you. It flows to you. You just have to receive it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, so so we see what's happening there. And, you know, um, ultimately, I guess, to sum that up, I mean, you, you, have, you have the full experience of salvation and all that God brings in his grace through Christ, only through Christ, and it's continual, it's ongoing, it's unlimited. And it's in Jesus that we know, we know who God is. Um. In fact, um, I want to jump ahead just a bit, just to, to make it, because I'm going to make a statement that's going to get ahead, but it says that um, that Jesus has declared him there towards the end, the last thing we read. It's in Jesus that we even know anything about God. It's in Jesus that we understand God. It's in right. Jesus we see the character of God. It's, it's in Jesus. It's through Jesus. Ephesians 2.7 says that God shows us the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. It's all in Christ. Right. It's all in Christ. Right. Um, so it's all all about Jesus. Well, let's let's keep moving here because I have a tendency to let us get bogged down. <laughs> it says something about the law. The law was right. given through Moses, yes. but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That's right. We know the law was given through Moses, and it was important. You know, um, uh, the law isn't a bad thing. The law reflected God's glory. The law reflected God's righteousness. The law established how his people should live, how his people could approach him. The law established the sacrificial system that they could follow. The law isn't bad. No. Law isn't bad, but the law was never instituted to be a, an instrument of God's grace. No. The, the law is not an instrument of grace. No. Grace has come through Christ. Now, God gave grace to people who violated the law because he offered forgiveness. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't the law bringing the grace. It was God offering the grace. Right. What the law does, the law serves to illustrate humanity's need for God's grace. So the distinction is made here. And you remember the Jewish audience, 
So many of them were so vested in keeping the law. That's right. And it's illustrated here, listen, the law is not the law of grace. The Messiah, the Christ, Jesus, the Son of God, he is the avenue of grace. You know, there's a distinction here. The law helps you understand your need for grace. The law helps you see that you have fallen short and you are in need of what God will give you through Christ. Um, That's what the law does. The law doesn't bring salvation. And time and again through the New Testament, the the apostles um, are are having to come back to that. For example, in, in the book of Romans, you know, Paul says, for by the works of the law, no human, no one can be justified. Right. Time and again, they're having to come back with, yeah, the law, the law's important, sure, but the law doesn't bring salvation. The law doesn't justify you. The law is not the avenue of grace. That is all through Jesus. The value of the law, Paul explains it in Galatians 3.24. There he says, the law is our tutor. That's right. The law serves as a teacher to lead us to Christ. That's right. So that's, God gave the law through Moses and it was important and it served even now in these times to show people you need Christ. You need the grace that comes through Christ. Jesus is the avenue of grace and truth. I mean, God knew that. I had kind of a conversation like this today with somebody, but they was like, you know, they they you know they was talking about kind of following the law. We need to be observing like the law and stuff like that. I said, well, nobody can observe all of God's law. Nobody was ever able That's to right. keep all of God. And they disagreed with me on that. I was like, the only person that was ever able to keep God's law was Jesus, and that's the whole point. The law exposes that you cannot keep all of God's law no matter how hard you try. You can do it to your heart's content, but just all it points to is that you can't fall that much short Mm -hmm. and you need Jesus. And and I told him that's all the uh, sacrificial atonements were. It was a foreshadowing of Jesus and what he's going to do for you. And he's the final atonement. That's why we don't have to go and follow all these Levitical laws right. and stuff like that. I'm not saying they're not important. That's right. And I'm not saying if you want to keep Passover, go ahead. I think God honored you for that. Sure. You know, and everything like that. But you don't have to make no sacrifices for your atonement. It, That's right. You have to look. And I, and I say if you have a if you want to do Jewish customs and Passover, you need to look for Jesus and the message of Jesus. That's in right. Those things. That's exactly Not it. sit there and say, well, I'm doing these things and I've pleased God because I've That's did right. these things. No. God's already been satisfied. Mm-hmm. Through Christ, that's, that's it. what I was trying to make. That's it, you know. And I, I that's don't wanna, it. I don't know. That is the law of God. Christ mm-hmm. is God's law completed. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, mm-hmm. and and then Christ gives us what we're supposed to do. Well, I mean, Jesus Jesus Himself said that He came and He fulfilled the law. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if the law is fulfilled, it, 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 I mean, it said that in the earlier days God spoke through all His prophets and stuff like that, but now. He speaks through his son, Jesus, and that's who we are to listen to. He said, listen to him. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's not, I may have got off a little bit there, but you know. No, that's good. I had to get that one out of there. No, that's good. That's good. (laughs) The the scripture here, it said that no one has seen God at any time. (laughs) The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he declared him. So no one has seen God at any time. No. Um, now, that throws people off a little bit. Well, Moses saw God. Well, he didn't actually see God himself. I think he saw the what God would allow him to see, what he could allow him to see. Yeah. Because I looked, it, I looked it up, and I didn't write it all down, but I did write down a few of them. Exodus 33, Deuteronomy 5, and even in Genesis chapter 32, the Bible very clearly states, if you saw God himself, yeah. you're dead, He'd you die. die. You know, and well, and God put him in a cleft of a rock when he did that. He's like, you're not going to be able to see all my mm-hmm. glory. I'm going to let you see a little bit of my mm-hmm. glory, the backside of it, mm-hmm. you know, and everything like well, that. Well, that's right. You have Moses up on the mountain like that. You you have Elijah, but what he did experience, well, earthquake, wind, fire, but he didn't see God, you know. <laughs> well, the only time God did see God, he got took up in the whirlwind, you know, so you don't get to get the description of what God looks like. He ain't going to give it to you. Well, and so when the Bible states here, no one's seen God, it, no, they haven't. They haven't, except that they saw Christ. 
and he is the manifestation of God in human now, form. Now, this is kind of an off-base question. This is me being curious. Now, it says nobody has seen God. Now, those have gone on. Do you think they see God? I think that this is just... I know to be... Pre you're with the Lord. I get my, that. My I, personal opinion is I think so. Um, but I think that he's... I think the Bible clearly teaches God is spirit. Yes. Now... I, in some of my studies, some of the uh, theologians, more than one of them, called him invisible spirit. Now, these guys are a lot more profound in interpreting Hebrew and Greek than I am. and They could be on based on he's an invisible spirit. Well, if he is, if you don't see him. But he is spirit and Moses went up on Mount Sinai, and there was some form of that spirit yeah. that Moses could interact with and encounter, you know. Uh, so I have to believe whatever form that is, I think you interact. I think yeah. you can recognize, yeah. you know. It might be just the most blinding light, Shekinah glory type thing yeah. that you can't actually look at. I don't know. What the only thing mean? I can think of that supports my theory is when Lazarus is in the bosom or, or in the bosom of Abraham mm -hmm. and there's that interaction between mm -hmm. the lost man and, and that. He could see all this. Sure. And, he, and I, I take Father Abraham, I always consider that's God sure. holding him in sure. the sure. and everything like that. So I'm saying that he sees him. I'm going to say that you, sure. you hold all God's glory once you're out of this yeah. body right here. You can, you're well, gonna, you're, you're, gonna not in limit, you're not in a limited and yeah. compromised you're not in a in a sinful, and that's another reason why I think those that don't have Christ, that's why God's glory will it's going to destroy you. I mean, that's going to I mean, it's going to separate. You're not going to be able to ever go near it, mm -hmm. even out of the body. Right, <laughs> right. I think so. Well, the, I think John makes a point here. No one's seen God, you know, at any time, but we're talking about how God, the Word, became flesh. He dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. So. You have seen all that you need to see of God when you examine the life of Christ. Amen. There you go. Amen. You know, you have actually seen God when you examine Christ because he is the image of the invisible God. That's what the book of Colossians says. Amen. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's right. And so I have no doubt in God or his character his qualities, because we see them in Christ, he is that representation. Now, my, my, my version here, it's New King James Version, calls here the only begotten son who is in the bosom of the Father. I'm just curious. I didn't look it up to see what you, what the other verses said. That's the Which, what that's verse 18 there, Jimmy. What's okay. your saying, verse 18? No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Mm -hmm. So it said the only God. The only God. Mine says the only begotten Son. I looked that up because that's weird terminology. And what I found was when you look at the Greek, that that really should be instead of only begotten Son, it literally would say the only begotten God. Yes. So the only begotten God, God the Son, bears witness to God right. the Father. And, and I mean, you see it right here. No one has ever seen it. the only God who is at the Father's right side. Well, if he's the only God, who's at the Father's right side? That's right. Jesus. That's right. God. He That's right. tell you that. I'm the, I am the Father. That's right. <laughs> so we have, in this first chapter here, seen the Apostle John establish the deity of Christ time and again and tell us all that you see in Jesus is what you see in God. God's character, his nature, it's there. It's there because Jesus is God. That's how he has the same nature and the same character. So, well, I tell you what, oh, excuse me, let me uh, move on to this next section here. And I'm dead set on us pressing on. <laughs> We're so camping out on this. I'm thing. telling it's you. Ridiculous. Verse 19, verse 19. <clears throat> now, this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, 
as the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who, coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. And these things were done in Bethpharba, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. So let's just stop right there real quick um, and just cover that little bunch of scriptures. So we see John here, reference back to John the Baptist, and now we're getting more into the narrative. So far, the Apostle John's laid out some theological. Now he's getting to more of the narrative of the ministry of Christ and what's transpiring. And we see that the Pharisees sent a delegation to John the Baptist Mm -hmm. of priests and Levites and probably some Pharisees and different people. They had to go because they want to know what this dude's up to. Mm -hmm. He's out here. And he's got a profound ministry. He's got this powerful preaching. People are following him. His name's spreading. The word's spreading. He's caught the attention of these religious leaders. And um, they want to know, well, okay, now listen, who are you, man? Who are, are, are you him? Are you, are you the Messiah? And it says he very, he confesses. He, he confesses plainly. No, 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 I'm not the Messiah. I am not the Messiah. Not at all. So then they jump to the next question. Are you Elijah? Mm. Because, you know, the Jewish people really believed there would be an appearance of Elijah before the Messiah Mm. arose. And so, well, maybe he's Elijah. And uh, this one I can see some of the real Kenyan religious people wondering about because if they really did believe Elijah would make an appearance... And you read how John the Baptist dressed, mm-hmm. and then you read the description of Elijah, because Elijah's called a hairy man who girded himself with a big leather belt. you got to get this, okay, they kind of resemble maybe. But he's like, no, I am not Elijah. No. And they're like, okay, well, what about the prophet? Now, that's, that's referring to a prophecy Moses made about a coming prophet, mm. and it's really a reference to Jesus. Yes. And so it's really referencing back to the Messiah. And he's like, no, no, and no. It's not me. It's not me. It's not me. And they're like, well, we got to give an answer. We were sent. So what do we say? Tell us, who are you? And I love his answer. I love, when they said, who are you? What's his answer? I am John the Baptist. I'm John, son of Zacharias. I'm John, the last great prophet. No, he said, I am. Here's my answer. You want to know who I am? I am, and here's what he said, the voice. Mm. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. In John's answer, you see no pride. You see no one being puffed up. He's not assuming I have an important role. Now, he has an important role. Yes, yes. I mean, God called him from the womb. He's got a... He's got a calling on his life. He's got it, but you don't see it in his attitude here. Mm. He says, who am I? I'm just a voice. I'm just a voice. I'm the voice to acknowledge the word, the word who became flesh. I'm the voice for the word. That's who I am. The voice for the word. That's who I am. I'm just the voice to acknowledge this word that has entered the world. I'm the voice calling out that people need to get ready for the coming of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. I'm just a guy telling people it's time to be ready. Jesus is coming. Mm-hmm. And um, then they inquire, Jimmy, about his baptism. Yeah. Well, you, you're not the Messiah? What are you doing baptizing people? <laughs> now, this is the first time I've ever really noticed that, I really done, that, I, that the word baptism is used. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, as, far as far as water baptism is known. Well, he mentions, I baptize with water and so on. Well, I think, I don't know this for sure. This is open for debate. But I think they were inquiring about the baptism particularly because uh, Jewish people um, generally were baptized. But if you converted to Judaism, they would baptize you. I did not know that. Yes. so, So if I was a proselyte to Judaism, it would not be uncommon for me to have this baptism and it showed I was converted to Judaism 
But Jews wouldn't be baptized. They're already Jews. Oh, yes, yes. Well, who's John baptizing? Jews. Jews. <laughs> so they're like, wait a minute. Why are you baptizing people? <laughs> you know, what's this about? That makes more sense. I didn't know they, I didn't um, know they did that. I, I, well, if you think about John's ministry, yeah. we know that he was calling people to repentance, right? That's right. Yeah. He was calling people. So those who were baptized were those people, they were Jewish people, who had acknowledged, wait a minute, I am guilty of sin, and my sin does alienate me from God for the Messiah to come. Now, I'm looking at now from a, their financial point of view. So he's doing all this. They're getting repentance for sin. He's preaching that. They're getting their sins forgiven. So there's no need to go buy pigeons and well, lambs and go to the temple no more at this point. In it. You have to believe. Based off what you know of the Pharisees, once Jesus is on the scene and his ministry is established and you see their their concern because their livelihood and their power and yeah. their kind of the Lord is, is repent, be prepared, the Messiah is here. And so they're being baptized to demonstrate I have repented in preparation because I have faith the Messiah is about to arrive. Yeah. Uh, and that's what John was doing. He was doing his job. That's what was happening there. Um, but, it, boy, he makes a statement there that's, that's striking. Um, when they ask him about baptism and all that, um, he says something to the effect of that there's one coming, you know, and, he's, and he says, and he's even among you. Yes. He's already among you, but you don't know him. So he's telling them, look, the Messiah is here. The Messiah is already among you, and you don't even recognize him. <laughs> you don't even see him. You know? You, and that it's, golly, you think, man. Because that's what he says. There stands one among you. There's one here. Now, I don't know that Jesus was literally right beside them. He might have been. But John's pointing out to him, the Messiah is here. Yeah. If you had spiritual eyes, if you really sought God the way you say you do, you Pharisees and Levites and Sadducees and so on, if you really, if you really were seeking God with spiritual eyes, I think you'd recognize him. That's but right. you don't. He's here. You don't see him. That's right. You know. Um, you know, I didn't start seeing God doing work in my life until I started getting involved mm -hmm. in the work of God. You know? Yeah, I mean, he, I'm yeah. saying he wasn't doing things in my life. He was working. I just wasn't paying attention. You didn't recognize him. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, until I made, until I put my face towards Jesus, he didn't see it. Mm -hmm. He didn't understand it. Didn't see it. Didn't, didn't matter. That's right. You know, but as soon as, as soon as Jesus changes it all, he just changes it all. You That's start right. seeing God work. Now I don't see God physically, but I see His hand and His word. Mm -hmm. and, sure. And you just. You just see it. Well, you see the you see his evidence, or the evidence of him. Absolutely, I'm with you, Jimmy. Completely, I'm with you. Well, um, I'm going to pick up with the next verse unless you want to add anything else. To no, that I'm good. <laughs> and y'all out there, I know I'm covering more than I normally do, but listen, I've let us get bogged down here in this first chapter. We'll be here for the next three years. And That's right. <laughs> so I really want us to press on. Hey, bro, give me a sucker. Get your sucker over here, my friend. Josiah's popping in. Give us his two cents. Good to see you today, my friend. I'm out. I'm playing something. Okay, well, you hide right there. We're going to go on to the next verse, buddy. Verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the son of God. Mm -hmm. So we have Jesus approaching, and John's out there doing his thing, and he tells everyone, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Uh, one of my, that's one of my favorite descriptions of Jesus. You got the gospel wrapped up in that beginning oh, to end. I mean, too. You know, and I think the Jewish people there that John was 
speaking to and preaching to, they had to recognize the references. They might not have recognized everything there, but, but that reference to being the Lamb of God, the Lamb that takes away sin. They had to understand what he's saying there. You know, the long-awaited Messiah had come, and now John's actually pointing him out. He's not just saying there's one standing among you and you don't recognize him. Now he's pointing him out. Mm -hmm. Look right there. You see right there? That's him. That's the Messiah. You know, um, now he wasn't a conquering king at that point. No, He wasn't some uh, powerful prophet at that point. He was the king. He was the prophet. He was the priest already, but he's not revealed in that yeah. role. He Right now, he's the sacrificial lamb. He's the lamb of God. That's right. You know, um, and you think about the reality. John's declaring him as the lamb of God. And the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, all of humanity's sin. Not just Jew, but Jew and Gentile, the world, the world's sin. But it was going to be accomplished by the shedding of his blood. He's the Lamb of God. And and I think of I was thinking about this today. Those if I was one of those Jewish people, what would I be thinking? Lamb of God, take away sin. And I thought my first thought would be, well, God's law, the law of Moses. The law of Moses, that sacrificial system, it requires the sacrifice. The shedding of blood. Mm-hmm. And so I I would like to think my mind would have jumped to, okay, you're saying he's the lamb of God to take away sin, but wait a minute. The lambs we sacrifice, they're laid upon the altar. The blood sprinkled on the altar. So I think, well, surely my mind would jump to a sacrificial lamb shedding its blood. I would hope mm-hmm. because that's how sin's forgiven. Maybe my mind would jump back to the story of Passover. Ah, and yeah. there in Egypt where the lamb... The lamb was killed in each household and the blood of the lamb put on the doorpost and and death passed over because of the blood of the lamb. Maybe I would think he's the lamb that's going to bring salvation from death coming upon me. would, Would I think that? I would hope so. Maybe my mind would just go to those daily sacrifices that because in the temple sacrifices were being offered daily. You know, um, I don't know. I tried to put myself in that situation, and it's hard to because I get the benefit of yeah. all of the documented history and the record of the Bible. I know most of those people didn't recognize him for who he really was. No. The Bible said we already read it. He came into his own, and his own received him not. Um, and so we've seen that happen, or we've seen it documented that they're not going to accept him and receive him. But golly, here's John saying, he's the Lamb of God. He'll take away sin. He's going to do this for you. You know? Uh, I don't know how I'd react. Probably, I probably would make a bad decision right off the bat. <laughs> I can just go ahead and tell you that. I'd probably be like, oh, this is just another sideshow thing. I'd probably yeah. walk on it. And then later on, God would get a hold of me. That's probably about the way yeah. that would work. Yeah. You know, I'd probably been a convert at the cross. I'll just go ahead and tell you that right, right. <laughs> I'm just being honest. That's probably, if I didn't have all I know, you know, I just have to live it out day by day. Yeah. And that's just how it was lived out. Sure. You know, sure. Just a simple person. Now, if I was up in the law like Paul and all them, maybe, I'm, you know, yeah. you know, you know, because, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't see the Bible. I mean, it's Old and New Testament. I see it as one thing. Absolutely. You know, I don't see it as Old and Absolutely. New Testament. You know, I see it as Jesus from here to here. And then the whole book, there's not just a scarlet thread. The whole book's saturated in red. Absolutely. You know, this whole thing should be red. To I me, hear you. you know? I, I hear mean, you. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on that completely. I'm with you. Well, um, there's an interesting Interesting thing here about John witnessing the spirit to sin, resting upon Jesus. And John says, and he who sent me had told me, when you see the spirit to sin, Mm. that is him. Mm. And so John had had this, uh, really a promise from God. That's right. Would you see the spirit of God, my spirit to sin and rest and stay upon this one? He is the one who will baptize with the spirit. He's the one who is the Messiah. And so, uh, of course, we have records of John's baptism of Jesus. You can read that in Matthew 3 and throughout the Gospels. And and then the Spirit descending like a dove, the voice of God, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. John the Baptist witnessed all that, uh-huh. you know, and he gave testimony to it here. Um, this was a sign from God, he said, you in could, verse 33. You can tell that John just spent a lot of one-on-one time with God. 
you know, I, after he after he gets out in the wilderness, he's not with the, his his parents no more. You don't I don't ever hear about him going to the temple or having to do any of that. But he's spending time with God. I really believe. Yeah. I mean, I you you have a very limited record yeah. in the scriptures yeah. of what was going on with him. But I really believe that he was raised as a Nazarite. Uh-huh. He kept that vow. I think he was. Oh yes, life. yes, yes. I believe he knew his calling because his father was, the spirit came upon Zacharias and he prophesied about yeah, yeah. John and Jesus and what would happen. You believe you have to know his parents had told him, this is the words that the Lord spoke of you. Yeah. And so I have to believe he spent time out in that wilderness. He was, he was alone with God. Who else was he with? He was alone with God. He was out there seeking God, communing with God, you know, um, preparing. So, what you're basically saying, his parents didn't, tell, tell, didn't teach him to follow a bunch of rituals. They told no. him how to go get along with God. Yeah, I think you so. Know, what, and this is what, I think so. I think, I think, I, I believe that John did everything he was supposed to do according to the law yeah. up to that point. I do believe that. Yeah. Yeah, um, he may have built an altar out there and done all that stuff himself. I mean, I don't yeah, know. we don't know, we don't know. <laughs> but but he was out there communing with God, being prepared for when it was time. When yeah, it was time. Here he came. He had a mission, and God told him to do it. He did it. He didn't need to go. Mm-hmm. He he did what he was supposed to do. That's right. That's right. Now Absolutely. I know he wasn't perfect because he did have a moment of doubt. And I think God allowed that to happen so you could make a distinction. You sure. Know, this is you know. Well, sure. Yeah. Well, and I didn't. I didn't go back and look at it, but we could have. We read here. Uh, um, you know, uh, he keeps saying he's John keeps saying he's to be preferred before me. Yes. Prefer yes. him, not me. I'm not worthy to unstrap his sandals. You know, John's pointing out. Listen, this is the one. You know, it's not me. And um, it's pretty interesting, Jimmy. There are a lot of people who believe that even when John the Apostle wrote this, which was uh, quite a long time after all this had transpired, a lot of people believe there was still a pretty big cult, a pretty big cult of uh, John the Baptist followers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can see in the writings here, time and again, the Apostle John pointing out that John the Baptist himself said, no, it's not me, it's Jesus. That's right. Don't be following me. Follow Jesus. Right. I'm here to prepare you for Jesus. It's all Jesus. And so I really think that's part of this, of John the Apostle putting this, using John the Baptist's own words time and again, right. just to kind of combat that. Look, it's not about following your prophet. It's about following the one prophesied that's up. That's right. You know? That's right. And so I really think that's where, where he's getting there. And John is just boldly testifying, this is the Son of God. I mean, he's not holding back here, you know? Um, so, so we see that looks like on the clock, we got about three minutes. I'm going to go ahead and jump into this. We're going <laughs> to finish this chapter. Let's do it. We're going to finish this chapter. Um, let's see here. Uh, verse 35. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. Again, John the Baptist stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the lamb of God, the two disciples heard him speak. That's they heard John speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it's about the 10th hour. One of the two heard, who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated to Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. and He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? (laughs) Philip said to him, Come and see. 
Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said I saw you, I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So here we see now the very first of the disciples mm. being called to follow Jesus. Um, and there's a lot of interesting tidbits in there that we probably just won't get to tonight. Let me throw out some tidbits that stood out to me the most, and then you throw out yours, Jimmy, and we'll see, we'll see what sticks to the wall a little bit. Um, here's a, Andrew, the first one. Uh -huh. Andrew followed Jesus. Simon Peter followed Jesus. Uh -huh. Philip followed Jesus. Nathaniel followed Jesus. That's right. I want to say we had four converts right there. Yes. The first one based off the words of John the Baptist. So here's what I'm going to say. Based off the preacher. The preacher's sermon, Andrew came to be a follower of Christ. Amen. One became a follower based off the preaching. Yes. The next one to come is Simon Peter. He didn't hear the preaching. No. He heard the witness of someone who'd been converted. Andrew heard the preaching. He came to trust Jesus. Mm. Now, Andrew goes... And it says the, he first went. That tells me he went to a lot of people. Uh, he went to a lot of people. Yeah. But the first one he went to, he went to find his brother. And he witnessed to his brother about Jesus. Amen. What happens? He brought Simon Peter to Christ. That's right. The third one is Philip. Now, it didn't say that Philip was told about Jesus. It, Andrew didn't witness to him, it didn't say. Let me get back over here and read this again. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and yeah, said, yeah. follow me. Philip had an encounter with Christ yeah. because Christ sought him out, and he had this encounter with him. And I think sometimes there are those people, and you hear their testimonies. I was in this state of life. I was in this motel room and didn't know what to do. I pulled out this Gideon Bible and started reading. Oh, yeah. And in that Bible, I... I experienced Christ and I understood I needed to put my faith in him. Yeah. Or I had this big experience or I had this tragedy and through that, my eyes were opened that this is no game. I will die. I need Jesus. Or there's, I think sometimes Jesus takes action to make people realize, well, wait a minute. Yeah. That's still their choice. Yes. You know? yes. So the first one is through preaching. The second one is a personal witness yeah. of, of someone. That's right. The third one is this kind of encounter with Christ that happens. The last one here that's mentioned is Nathaniel. Um, and really it's kind of a witness situation again because Philip goes and talks to Nathaniel. But I'm going to classify it more as he was given a testimony. I encountered this guy. Here's what happened, you know, which is really what you do when you witness too. Yeah. But I'm going to, I'm making, I'm splitting hairs. The reason I'm splitting hairs is I'm going to tell you, Andrew witnessed, and I'm going to categorize that as more as the, the traditional, what I'd call sharing the gospel. Yes. I'm saying Philip gave more of the testimony. Here's how I encountered Christ and what it happened to me. Yes. So you can bring people to Christ both ways. Yeah. You understand the word and the gospel and you explain it through the scriptures or, hey, here's what happened in my life. I met Jesus. Here's what he's done for me. Yes. And so you see four people become followers of Christ through four different avenues. That's right. But the thing about it is it all focuses on Jesus and they choose to follow. That's right. Anyway. There's much more there. There's a lot there. So, but um, I'm going to leave my statement at that. What do you think, Jimmy? You got anything you want to throw in on that? Well, you, you pretty much nailed it. But I, the only thing I can see right here that really stands out, but it's just off the top of my head, there are no notes right here. This is just the Holy Spirit. It really shows how to carry out the Great Commission. You know, you first see Christ, or Christ seeks you, and you come to know Him. Then you go to your family. Go to family. Go to family. A lot of people do go backwards. They won't get, they'll go, they'll get, they'll get involved in church. Yeah. They'll go do all the stuff, share the gospel, but they neglect 
their family, and they wonder why their family's in disorder. Mm -hmm. And you know, and some of them fall away from the church. Well, God didn't fix my family. Well, did you carry God's word to your family first? You mm -hmm. know, did you go to the right steps? Did you seek them out and tell them and everything like that? Absolutely. You know, now you can wait on Christ, and I ain't gonna say Christ won't do it because He obviously did it with uh -huh. with uh, Philip up here. You know, and He will. Well, you know, and, and, that's a good point, Jimmy. And you know, sometimes, quite often, really. Well, I'm going to say it this way. Sometimes our family is the hardest people to witness to, mm -hmm. and quite often they're the ones we're most fearful to witness to. Yeah, because they know all your dirty lies. Right. Why are you coming to me and talking that's to me right. about here? Oh, they're going to give you a hard time. They're going to give you the hardest time, and that's why you go to them first. That's right. That's, that's right. I mean, that's right. Go, you go ahead. I'll well, there. I'm, I'm going to jump over. I'm going <laughs> to jump over to the book of Acts just to read one verse. Listen, listen to this now. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. That is to Jesus. In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the end of the earth. Amen. You'll start where you're at, and you'll branch out. That's right. Now, if you look at what happened, I'm glad you pointed this out. I'm seeing it now. <laughs> Andrew came to faith. He went to his own family. Well, Philip's next. Yeah. Now, he encountered Jesus, but listen to what it says of Philip. Now, Philip was from the city of Andrew and Peter. Yeah. So... You see that network. Yeah, you see it all coming together. It's, it's starting. It's starting at home. They're seeing it's, this happening in front so, of them too. I mean, it's this, these are tight knit communities. Mm -hmm. It ain't like we are today. We're all kind of you know, leave me alone, spacious. Now these people, you, you mean when you travel, you spend night people's houses. Mm -hmm. You knock on door. Okay, I got a room. You know, yeah. I, I guess you know. I'm, well, yeah. I, I'm, I mean, just, I'm going off on westerns. What I can see. Well, western, you, you, know. you the. Hey, in God's law, he he commanded provisions for strangers yeah, and taking yeah. care of sojourners and so forth. Sojourners and taking them in so, and everything like that. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Good. I like that point. Good job, man. I like there that. There it is. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> we finished chapter one. We're moving on to chapter two next week. We brushed the surface of chapter one. Yes. It's very, if anybody wants to know, I, I suggest that you take the Gospel of John individually, everybody out there on Facebook, and dive really deep. Uh, really, you can. I mean, really, and, you can. And, and there's, camp there's, out on it. There are reasons why you can go to Bible college and have entire classes on the book of John. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot there. There's a lot of, there is a lot of theology it's, in here. It's going to yeah. really, if you're a newcomer and everything like that, it's really going to help start making you have a solid faith. You know, it's mm -hmm. going to put you there. It's going to start filling in those cracks and mm -hmm. of your foundation and really help you know who's for you. That's right. <laughs> you know, and That's everything right. like that. That's right. Well, my friends, thank you for studying with us. Uh, next time, we're going to pick up with the Gospel of John, Chapter 2. We'll see you next time. Thank you for being with us. You have been listening to Along the Narrow Way, hosted by Pastor Will Russell and co-hosted by Jimmy Miller. If you haven't done so, subscribe to the podcast so you can get updates on new episodes. Thank you for listening, and remember to stay faithful to walk along the narrow way with Jesus.